and welcome to episode 10 of Soul Trader, the holistic approach to freelancing. My name is Angelina and I cannot believe we're up to episode 10 already. Where has that time gone? I'm so enjoying making these podcasts and I really hope they are providing value to you as well. I am currently sitting in my office looking out the window as normal and Spider the cat is just in front of me and I've just finished teaching for the day. Um, Well I say finished teaching, I had one student today Um, but she did leave me the most gorgeous Google review Um, so if you would like to read that just Google my name and the reviews will come up and if you know me in a professional way um, do feel free to leave me a Google review as well because it just really helps me um, be more visible to potential students and people who might want to hire me to play for various things. So if you could do that, that would be a massive help to me. Thank you. So last week's podcast was about trying to be more rather than less. What were your thoughts on that? Personally, I find it a great tool for improving my health and fitness by focusing on getting stronger rather than getting smaller. It's not easy being a six foot tall woman in a world where everyone wants to be tiny. Also, focusing on eating more healthy foods is a great way to crowd out the less healthy foods in a way that doesn't feel like you're depriving yourself too much. Is this something that you've tried? Let me know. As always, you can leave me a voice message on Anchor or tweet me at harpistangelina. You're always free to email me too, of course. That's probably the most reliable way to get in touch with me. My address is angelinawarburton at gmail.com. All these details will be in the show notes, of course. I was having a browse the other day of the different platforms that Soul Trader is on now and saw that I have three subscribers on, um, on CastBox. So I want to say a specific hello and thank you to you three. And please know that I do see you and I appreciate you. So thank you so much for subscribing to my podcast. Um, If you want to reach out, let me know who you are. I would love that as well. So thanks again. I've also seen on my little searches that there's another podcast out there called Soul Trader. Whoops. So I may be changing the name at some point, which is devastating as I'm so happy with the current one. But at the same time, I don't want to... Um, annoy or upset anyone or do anything that's not allowed. Um, So watch this space with regards to the name. Maybe I'll think of a new one, a new name. I briefly mentioned last week that today's episode would be a chat about what I'm learning and finding out about minimalism. And before I get started on this, yes, I do see the irony that last week's podcast was about being more and then today's is arguably about having less. I do see that, but in my defence, I'm approaching this in more of a find what's valuable in my life and let go of the rest sort of way, in an I'm making space for things I really love kind of way. I hope that makes sense. A funny thing about starting off with minimalism is that a big part of it is not really doing much at all, not spending on things we don't need, cancelling direct debits and subscriptions we don't need. You may remember from my money episode that I keep meticulous spreadsheets of all my spending. So coming at that from a minimalist perspective, a day where I spend nothing is a win. 
sometimes I actually don't take my wallet out with me so I'm not tempted by you know a smoothie at the gym or a snack on the way home from somewhere you know we don't need all these little fillers and distractions in our day and if you're like me and you want to live below your means we're better off without these little daily spends here and there so I've been trying to stay away, stay aware of where I'm spending money when I'm out and about. Tim and I have recently joined the National Trust and we visited Benningborough Hall this week. I don't know if you go to National Trust properties, but there's always a gift shop full of beautiful things on the way out. Well, this time I made a point of not buying anything in there because, well, Tim and I don't need any more stuff. I'm a sucker for the National Trust passion fruit curd. God, how middle class can you get? But I managed to resist, and at £3.75 a jar, it's really not cheap. We did, however, splash out on a filter coffee and a slice of cake each. One step at a time, eh? I'd highly recommend checking out The Minimalists for more minimalism content than you can shake a stick at. Start at theminimalists.com. They also have a podcast that I've been devouring in the name of research for this podcast. I actually went right back to the beginning, so I'm still in January 2016. It's honestly really worth a listen, and I love that their content is ad-free too, because that really would be ironic, wouldn't it? They also have a documentary on Netflix, by the way. It's called Minimalism. So if this is something that interests you, head over to Netflix and give it a watch. Also, while you're there, watch The True Cost, which is a documentary about fast fashion and the people who work in the fashion industry. It really opened my eyes to how advertising is encouraging us to buy more and more for less and less money. But somehow, someone has to feel that squeeze. And more often than not, it's the workers actually making the garments who are being exploited, working ridiculously long hours in dangerous conditions for hardly any money just so that these massive companies can convince us to buy a t-shirt for a couple of quid and then just throw it away when we're finished with it. It makes me pretty annoyed just thinking about it, to be honest. So I did I did decide to start my minimalism journey in my wardrobe. Uh, not physically me inside my wardrobe, but just having a look and seeing if I can organise it a bit better, if I can maybe donate a few items that I no longer wear. I'm going to post some before and after photos on my Instagram as well, so head over there if you want to take a look. Uh, my handle is Angelina Warburton. First, I tackled the three cubby holes where I keep trousers and jumpers. I found probably about 10 items that I no longer wear and I put them in a charity bag. Then I folded the rest neatly and put them back. So much better already. It's a lovely feeling to open the wardrobe and I can actually see what I own. Jeans are all together, leggings are all together, activewear leggings and shorts are all together. It's fabulous. I also find that when I do this, I actually wear a higher proportion of my clothes rather than just grabbing the same things all the time because they're on top of the messy pile of stuff. One of the main ideas I've found with minimalism so far is that it's about not taking more than you need. We live in a finite world and many, many people have far less than we do. So we need to not be greedy where possible. There's a book by John Nash called Enough that I might need to read on this topic. Um, here's the blurb from the Amazon page. For millions of years, humankind has used a brilliantly successful survival strategy. 
If we like something, we chase after more of it. More status, more food, more info, more stuff. Then we chase again. It's how we survived famine, disease and disaster to colonise the world. But now, thanks to technology, we've suddenly got more of everything than we can ever use, enjoy or afford. That doesn't stop us from striving though, and it's making us sick, tired, overweight, angry and in debt. It burns up our personal ecologies and the planet's ecology too. We urgently need to develop a sense of enough. Our culture keeps telling us that we don't yet have all we need to be happy. But in fact, we need to nurture a new skill, the ability to bask in the bounties all around us. Enough explores how our Neolithic brain wiring spurs us to build a world of overabundance that keeps us hooked on more. John explains how, through adopting the art of enoughness, we can break from this wrecking cycle. With 10 chapters on topics such as enough food, enough stuff, enough hurry and enough information, he explores how we created the problem and gives us practical ways to make our lives better. So that sounds like a book I really need to read at some point. Maybe some of you have read it. Um, if you have, do let me know. And if you've got a copy I can borrow, even better. So I suppose my long-term goals with this little foray into minimalism include things like being more in control of my finances, creating less landfill waste, and just living a simpler, more authentic, less cluttered life. I want to tread gently on this beautiful planet, and minimalism seems to be a good starting point. We could all do with finding ways to reduce our carbon footprint. Personally, I do this at the moment by not eating meat and fish, and by trying to walk a bit more instead of using the car. I'm even thinking about getting a bike, Although, if you know me, you probably know that I'm like the least confident cyclist ever. So it would take a lot of confidence building before I'm totally comfortable on a bike. So let's look at some other areas of our lives and how minimalism might inform how we go about our day. Minimalism with regards to our emails might help us tackle them more productively. Firstly, unsubscribe from email newsletters you don't need. Probably 95% of them then and delete emails you won't need in the future. Now I used to use this brilliant program called um, unroll.me and it was fantastic because all those newsletters and sales emails you would get, it would automatically group those into a daily email or even like a weekly email if you wanted to and it just made your inbox so much clearer and I loved it but um, a few years ago it stopped being able to operate in Europe because of these GDPR rules um, so I've had to actually go through and physically unsubscribe from all of these newsletters rather than just putting them in that daily roll-up but it really doesn't take that much time to unsubscribe from these things and it's so worth it because it means that you're not getting millions and millions of marketing emails every day. For the rest of the emails make folders to organize them and try to have an empty inbox because that feels great. Then work through your needs action methodically and mindfully. It may feel like it takes longer to do it this way, but it's a much more thorough way of tackling admin. And it takes the decision making out of which email to tackle next, easy. You just look at the oldest one in your needs action folder. So you're getting back to the people 
who have been waiting to hear back from you for the longest amount of time. At least that's what I try and do. Minimalism with regards to our homes would help us immensely when it comes to working productively. Um, I'll post some office photos on my Instagram as well to show you my efforts with making my office a bit more minimal. Empty space and clutter-free zones encourage a clearer, calmer mind and it's so worth the initial effort of clearing out the crap. Plus, an empty space is easier to clean and that's always good news. When Tim and I redecorate the house next year, it's my dream to create a really minimalist, uncluttered sanctuary. I'm thinking wooden floors or laminate floors, white walls, natural textures like wood, linen, cotton, etc. Lots of light, no curtains or neck curtains, definitely no neck curtains, just plain white blinds or shutters and lots of plants to get some nice greenery in there. So that's a very, very brief introduction to a few of my thoughts on some different aspects of minimalism. Now let's bring it back to how it can help us with our working lives. This podcast is aimed at sole traders after all. I think living a simpler life with clear priorities helps many areas of our lives. It gives us a clearer, more focused mind for when we're working. Remember way back in episode one when I was talking about just doing one thing at a time? I think that aligns really well with minimalism. For example, when I'm practicing, all I want to be thinking about is practice. My teacher always used to say, if you've got any problems, whatever's going on in your life, just metaphorically put that in a box outside the room and you can always pick it up after you finish practicing. And I find that really helpful. When I'm sorting through emails, I need to slow down and just tackle one at a time instead of panicking that my needs action folder is bursting at the seams again. Something else I think is worth bearing in mind with regards to minimalism and work is that it encourages us to be more authentic and to mindfully do the work that we have now instead of always searching for more, more, more. If we do a good job of what's on our plate right now, you can pretty much guarantee that more work will come and your reputation will grow. Of course, we all need to market ourselves, but let's not let work become our whole lives. Let's work to live instead of living to work. And being in control of your finances helps here as well. If you don't have all those subscriptions and out of control spending, you may find that you don't actually need to earn as much as you do. Um, and that will give you a little bit more mm, simplicity maybe in your work life or take a bit of the pressure off anyway. Something I plan to explore in the future of this podcast is how things like minimalism, yoga, Buddhism, mindfulness, meditation, and just the idea of living a more kind and gentle life are all linked together. That's what I love about all this. You can pick your own starting point and it will start you on the path. Eventually, we start to see that everything is connected. So someone pass me my flowers and flower crown and transport me back to the 70s, please, because I feel like that was a really hippie thing to say. God, I was born in the wrong decade. I would so love to hear your thoughts on this. So do get in touch and let's start the conversation. Here are a few other off-topic notes that I made this week. Miscellaneous notes. Firstly... I don't know what it is, but when you practice more, 
you get more gig offers. What is with that? There should be no correlation, right? I just practice away in my living room and before I know it, the phone starts ringing and emails start coming through asking if I'm free to play for this, that and the other. I mean, it's fabulous. Could be a coincidence and I have been working on my SEO. But remember last week when I was talking about the law of attraction? What we focus on grows. So I've been focusing on getting organised, learning everything I need to for the rest of the year, and suddenly I have way more music to practice for more gigs in the next few months. It's fantastic. My bank balance will be very happy to hear this news, although I am kind of aware in the back of my mind that I have a lot on my plate right now. A lot of this also is down to other harpists giving my name if they can't do a gig themselves. So harpists, I just want to say a big thank you to you guys. I love the way we all support each other and pass on gigs to people in the relevant area. I just really appreciate having that support network. It's amazing. So last week I told you that I'd had a blood test because I suspected that my iron was low. Uh, my GP called me this week and told me that I am in fact anemic. My iron is so low that I need to take three iron tablets a day for three months. And I have to say this does explain a lot. To be completely honest with you, I've been beating myself up about how tired I've been feeling. Except often I use the words lazy or unmotivated instead of tired and exhausted. Turns out there's a reason I've been feeling like this. All I can say is that I wish I'd gone to the doctor years ago. I have this resistance to admitting that I have a problem and I don't like the idea of needing to take medication. But I've reached the point now where I'm finally ready to accept that I need to in order to function normally. The title of this podcast has the word holistic in it. And I take that to mean trying to allow the body to heal itself without the need for medical intervention. I mean, I don't even like taking headache tablets. I think this is because I don't like the idea of treating a symptom without treating the underlying cause of the symptom. Let's take the headache as an example. When I get one, I try to think why I might have the headache. Have I had enough water that day? Have I drunk too much coffee? These days, it normally means I need to lie down for a bit, for what are now obvious reasons. But this approach needs to work alongside conventional medicine, not instead of it. We are so, so lucky in this country that we can go and see the GP for free and have a blood test for free. So if you think something might be amiss, just go and see the doctor just in case. We know our bodies and more often than not we know when something's wrong so I'm going to try and take it easy for the next few weeks not force myself to do too much to listen to my body more and to do what I can it's fine because you know all I have to do is learn a whole pile of music organize a wedding and stay on top of work and life admin I mean that's totally doable right um also ladies have your smear tests just do it another thought I've been having this week is where the hell does time actually go? I've been thinking about it, right? There are 24 hours in a day. Say me in my current anemic state sleeps for 10 hours. That's still 14 waking hours. Let's say I do two hours of harp and two of admin, and we're at 10 hours left. 
let's say, an hour each for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And we've still got 10, sorry, we've still got seven hours of unstructured time. Once you factor in travel time, you can take two hours for going to the gym or to yoga. And there are still five hours to play with. An hour of cleaning or housework still leaves four hours totally free. Yet, in spite of this, I feel like I never have any empty time. This is something I'm going to be mindful of over the next week because it's just seriously weird how there should be time for everything. And yet, I always feel like I'm playing catch-up or getting away with not having done enough. Does anyone else feel this way? Anyway, that's probably enough from me for this week. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode and found value in this podcast. Let me know if so. My details will be in the show notes. Don't forget to use our hashtag soultraders, that's S-O-U-L, traders, in your tweets. Also, let me know any future episode requests. Is there anything you want me to chat about? Any questions you have maybe about working for yourself or anything that you maybe have some insight on that I've already talked about? Um, I would just love to hear from you. And thanks to those of you who um, have tweeted me and got in touch and given me feedback. Um, I just love that. So I look forward to chatting with you again next week. This is Soul Trader signing off.